Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How you day? How's everybody doing? Let me talk about today's episode. Today's guests are Dee and John Lee. Now, they are the co-founders of this amazing app called Culture Me. And it's basically an app that changes how you see culture. In fact, that is one of the guarantees. It's already been downloaded by people from 115 plus countries. And the reason why I love this app is because when you look at the world today and understand how globalization is really bringing many people together, one of the things that people don't understand is how to really connect effectively across those differences, how to make sure that you don't put up barriers. We've seen different things like Brexit, recent uh, elections here in the United States. How do you make sure that you're able to passionately understand other cultures while also keeping your identity? And that's what their app does. You know, they've been nominated for, uh, you know, startup awards in Ireland, but they are also, you know, very, very keen on making sure we we break down some of these barriers and we talk about their start how they met their husband and wife deal how they plan to raise their daughter into this globalized world and how they really dug into the mechanics of building a global business and this is going to be interesting for a lot of you entrepreneurs who want to create virtual businesses or also just build businesses that that are sustainable for long term so we talk about partnerships talk about how to understand your customer and then we talk about the importance of understanding and connecting effectively across cultures hope you enjoy the episode but before we get into that here's today's sponsor now when it comes to business you're the boss and it's tough running the day-to-day and making sure that there is enough money to pay the bills that's where plastic comes into play they can help you keep your business cash flow running smoothly Plastic is a service that makes it possible to pay bills like rent, tuition, and mortgage payments, and even invoices by credit card when you ordinarily wouldn't. Seriously, you can pay virtually any business expense with a credit card from suppliers to employers to your commercial lease. And here's the kicker. You're still earning cash back, points, and rewards every time you use plastic. Once you open a free account, just add a credit card, enter your mortgage or bill details, schedule a payment, and you're done. You're done. 
plastic will send a check to your mortgage company or bill servicer and charge the expense to your credit card. Et voila, your rewards are on their way. So if you want to take advantage of this, all you need to do is go to plastic.com forward slash nomads. That's P-L-A-S-T-I-Q dot com forward slash nomads. That's P-L-A-S-T-I-Q dot com forward slash nomads. Go to plastic.com forward slash nomads. And when you sign up and make your first payment up to $1,000, Plastic will waive the transaction fee. That's P-L-A-S-T-I-Q dot com forward slash nomads enjoy the episode in a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors cross-cultural expert tayo roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide each week he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world get ready Take some notes and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guests are John and Dee Lee. Now they're the co-founders of Culture Me, which is the first app in the world to help travelers overcome culture shock. They do this through their Culture Me app, which helps travelers navigate different cultures by having fun with culture, providing practical culture advice on the do's and don'ts of the country, as well as having to give you know their users access to a crowdsourced culture videos that bring the culture to life. Essentially, they have partnered with Hufstudy Insights as one of the largest you know, leading uh, culture consultancies, which gives their communities access to a world-class research and allows them to compare their culture to the culture that they're traveling to. So it's very, very extensive, very, very uh, interactive, and I'm very eager to have you both on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Delighted to be here. Pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. So uh, just, just so that we're clear, John and Dee. Now, Dee, where are you from? I am from uh, a small county in the west of Ireland called Leitrim. That's in um, Ireland? John from another county called Limerick, which is kind of mid, mid-ish uh, Ireland, I suppose you could say. Uh, uh, so, so, so both of you both are, both of you are Irish, and you came from different towns. And then um, uh, I'm just curious as to the genesis of your, you know, your union and how that led to Culture Me. Actually, I I had been living in London for about seven years, and I decided I needed a new city or new country to get immersed in because uh, I was excited. I've always loved to travel and, and live in new cities, um, and Amsterdam was my chosen city. And um, I moved to Amsterdam on a Wednesday, and I met John on Thursday. So I met him one day after I arrived. And, <laughs> It was pretty much, uh, I suppose you could say, love at first sight. We got engaged four months later. And, of course, for people that love seeing other cultures, where do we meet in a bloody Irish pub in Amsterdam? There you go. <laughs> you meet all the Irish ladies. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, so it was very random and very unexpected to meet so soon after moving to a new city. Um, and I suppose that, that initially started my whole love affair with Amsterdam because I love the city anyway, but I met my husband there. Um, I started Culture Me there. I had my daughter there. So, um, yeah, Amsterdam is a very special city to me. I think what's interesting here is that I really decided to take my time with Dee. I proposed her after four months. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, I, I, so I, I love stories like both of yours. You, you literally, you know, D said you went there Wednesday, you met John Thursday, both of you realized that you had this, this, this common passion. And I'm so curious, what year was this and how did, how soon after meeting did you all decide, we got to create a company together? Um, it was 2014. Okay. Was when we met, we met in April 2014 and we got engaged four months later and we got married in 2015. So one year later. And it was while we were on um, a big trip in Africa that, uh, together obviously, uh, just before we got married, that uh, I came up with the idea of a culture week. So we had planned to do a, a long honeymoon because obviously we were so new together and we, we love to travel. So we said we'd take a two-month honeymoon. And at the time, John's company were like, no, there's, there's no way we can let you go for two months, but we can give you a month now. We can give you a month after you get married. So off we went to Africa on the the start of a lovely trip there and we went to Rwanda, we went gorilla trekking and then we went into Tanzania, down out to Zanzibar and then down to um, Zambia and Botswana. But it was actually when we were traveling from Tanzania out to Zanzibar and it was a completely different plug uh, to, what, to the one that was used on the mainland and I got incredibly frustrated because I had so much work to do to get to get the information for this trip like do we need a visa what sort of a vaccination do we need what sort of plugs do we need Some, like very practical um stuff that really took a lot of time um and actually that's how this all started because of plug um so yeah we, we started brainstorming um that night on everything that we loved about travel and what we felt was missing um and it became it became very evident very quickly that culture was there was a huge gap in the market to help us all understand the beauty of other cultures and why they are, they are the way they are. And it, it deeply makes you enjoy your experiences as a traveler more when you understand the culture more. So that, that night culture me was born. I, I think what's interesting, Taylor, is that from my experience, I, mean, I speak six languages for them fluently. My passion was always uh, seeing and, and talking to and visiting other, other different cultures. And what was interesting is when I was in, in university, I had... Uh, I basically come across different cultural models, for example, and for me, kind of the aha moment was when I moved over to the Netherlands, and one of my mentors in my old uh, company, he actually showed me how before he was uh, doing negotiation with someone during M&A negotiations, he'd actually checked uh, his culture compared to the culture he was going to be uh, talking to using the basically the whole set of models, and he could see before he even called that person what were the things he needed to watch out for when negotiating with somebody. And so for me, I, I'd seen already that you could apply culture models in a very practical way to, to business life. And so that night when we were brainstorming, I said, well, listen, why don't we think of using this in the travel industry? And why don't we not just using the models, but actually go beyond that ourselves and try and really explain culture in a very fun, engaging way and kind of bring it to a wider audience. I, I think it's brilliant. And I'm very, very familiar with, uh, um, I always mispronounce them, but Hufstudy, but can you, can, um, I'll, I'll have you, John, since you said you, your, your colleague was using it, can you explain what Hufstudy, the, you know, who he is and what the model is, and then D, can you talk about uh, why it's something you also love? But I'll start off with you, John. Yeah, I know. So if we if we look at it, uh, in my old corporate role, I was basically in a, a kind of a business controller, business finance role, where I was dealing with a lot of different countries. And the, the host, first of all, Herr Hofstede himself, he's one of the, the foremost, um, let's say, thinkers, thought leaders in the, in the world of culture. And he basically, years and years ago, I think it was over 40 years ago, uh, when he was in IBM, had managed to, uh, basically because of his role, he managed to get access to you know, tens of thousands of uh, former IBM 
uh, employees. And when they collated all the data, they could see there was trends, there was mean trends across different cultures. That basically, if you want to think of it, that almost a person, as much as you are a personality, uh, countries at an aggregate level have their own personality. And so he came across that. He initially started with the five dimensions and brought it out eventually to six different dimensions of, of how you can actually kind of almost assess the personality of a country at an aggregate level. For example, like the power distance was, was one, uh, one that they have. For example, power distance at a very simple level, uh, if you were to try and simplify it, is really some cultures can be quite hierarchical. Uh, whereas uh, some country, some cultures can be uh, can be the exact opposite. A typical example would be, uh, for example, if you go to Japan or China, they can be very hierarchical cultures. So the the leader in that uh, in that particular organization has a very strong role. Everyone looks up to the leader, and basically the boss decides pretty much everything to a degree. Uh, whereas, for example, in the Netherlands, they're very flat. And in the Netherlands, you know, if you if you tell everyone in a in a team in the Netherlands what to do, they'll all t- the first thing they're going to ask you is why. They're not just going to accept it. So that's an example it's of the, exactly. So there are other dimensions as well, like for example, individualism. Uh, so in some countries, they're very collectivistic. So it's about the wider group, wider family, wider organization. Whereas other countries, like in the USA, for example, are, are more uh, focused on the individual, individual empowerment, individual freedoms. You've other dimensions like masculinity, uncertainty, avoidance, long-term orientation, and indulgence. Uh, and basically, if we look at that, at those dimensions, you know, they're very useful in a business context. But for example, there's also some other practical applications of that in the travel industry. I'll give you a very, very simple example. What you see when we looked at the data and we just compared it to the different cultures within a number of countries is that, for example, long-term orientation, countries that are very, very long-term orientated, they also happen to be the ones that you, you don't tend to use a lot of credit cards, for example. So for example, if you go to the Germany, Germany and the Netherlands, you never, almost never see credit cards being used. It's everything either in cash or in debit card. Whereas, for example, in the USA or, for example, in Ireland, we're very free about using credit cards. Yeah, well, if you're a traveler, you, you do need to know that. So that kind of gives you a sense uh, about it. If you look at the likes of, um, yeah, if you look at uh, the likes of uh, of, uh, of the Netherlands, uh, they're not um, as achievement orientated uh, as driven. For example, if you look at, for example, Japan, a typical example is in Japan. If you're going down the metro uh, in Japan that uh, you uh, you can literally walk into the metros, everyone literally bundles you out of the way because they're so focused on getting to work uh, on time and getting there quickly. So there's just some of the examples that you'd have. Uh, and I think they're, they're certainly a part of, of the app and what we do. Uh, and what we did, let's say, outside of the dimensions as well, was interviewing thousands of, of, uh, of, let's say, of people and structured, unstructured video, uh, trying to go into the other practical applications of, of culture as well. And one of the things we also found, which is quite interesting, Teo, was how if you look at country uh, proverbs, for example, they've been around for hundreds of years. And there's a reason for that, because they explain the local people, the local culture very well. But nobody is taught really in a very structured way, bringing proverbs in to explain the local culture. So that was another angle we found, we, uh, found outside of the dimensions, let's say. That's a great insight, John. And that's a great look into the mindset of a lot of business professionals. So always, it's always important to understand how to deal with cross-cultural communications as well as negotiations is you know, as the, as the world's becoming more globalized. Uh, I'm curious, though, D, if you could talk about how that applies to travelers, because you said earlier this was a, a tool to help people understand the countries that they're going to, but also help people with culture shock. I, I want you to, if you can, walk me through the process of, of how you had the aha moment to say, I'm going to translate this into, uh, a, you know, a social traveler uh, app and you know essentially create a platform that you know a lot of business people have had for a while. 
Yeah, of course. Um, it's a great question. I suppose I can take it very, I just should go to very, at, at a very high level um, on the communication. For example, a lot of people are very, very indirect, for example, the Irish. So we might skirt around, the, around an issue before we, you know, before we actually get to the point. Whereas, for example, in, a Dutch, in the Dutch culture, they're very, very direct. And they say it like it is. And if you're not used to that, it can be very, very intimidating. And you can find, it, you can find the situation very uncomfortable. So from a communication level, something like that is extremely important to know who you're dealing with and what type of communication style works best. I, I think, yeah, I think maybe to, to come into it as well, from what Dave's saying, what I found myself actually, Taylor, was when I moved to the Netherlands, is that my, my uh, let's say, in my own uh, family background, my dad would be a little bit more indirect, my mom would be a little bit more direct. But it wasn't until I actually moved to another country in the Netherlands that I realised how indirect Irish people are, actually, even though I travelled quite a bit before then. Um, and I think if I, if I look at going back to the genesis of, of Culture Me, Dean, feel free to jump in here. But if I go back to the genesis of Culture Me, for us, it really came down to people. You know, it, even though, let's say, that the whole elements were certainly something we thought of initially, for us, it was more actually about, in a wider perspective, trying to explain culture in a very user-friendly way. Um, and and certainly the compare your culture graphs were, were certainly a small part of it, but certainly an important part of it. Uh, but for us, that was a that was a big part of it. So when Dee says the communication side, like even if you just very simply think of one thing about culture, uh, the most helpful thing I found that we found was if you can just first of all somebody tell you, okay, are you dealing with a culture that's very direct or very indirect, for example, and that will give you a massive help. No, I love that. So tell me, uh, why do you think this is important for us to do today? Oh, it's so important. I mean, people are everything, and if and experiences are everything. And if you can go to a new country and you can understand their culture better, it means you can, you can have a better experience, an enhanced holiday, and more, more importantly, build a deeper connection with those people that you meet on an everyday basis. And that's really what we're trying to do, is help people connect better and actually open up their mind, broaden their minds, because it can be very insular if you live in a country and you don't travel, for example. You think that that's the normal, but every country has a different normal. And it's, it just broadens your mind and your horizon to understand how people think and why they think. And it's just wonderful to, to open up your mind in that way. And I think maybe just to, to add to that as well, what's really interesting for us is that in the travel industry, culture is the number two reason people travel. So Visa did these global travel intentions survey every year. So culture is the number two reason people travel. And for one in three people, it's actually the number one reason they travel, which makes sense. People want to meet other people, understand other cultures. And what's also interesting from a business travel perspective, uh, this will blow your mind, but 55% of business travelers research the local culture before traveling there, which makes sense. You know, you want to, if you're going to do negotiations with somebody or sell to somebody, you need to understand their culture is absolutely massively important. And in terms of the, the bigger vision, touching on what Dee said, you know, there's never been a more important moment in history to break down the barriers between between us all in this world. You know, you look at some some people trying to put barriers up. You look at Trump, you look at Brexit. Um, it has never been a more important to break down those barriers. And we really feel culture is the way to do that. And certainly starting with the travel industry is as good a place as any because that's when we travel to meet other cultures. Yeah, especially in today's time, for sure. With uh, each passing day, we seem to see decisions based on uh, you know people's identities being made. And even with the, I guess, even with the recent World Cup, we can see some of the recent fallout with uh, some of the the players that might have dual identities. It's you know there seems to be just this discomfort to talk about how to embrace different 
uh, different parts of who you are. So um, th th that's the why of the company. What about the user experience? A user, how does a user interact with Culture Me, and what can a user expect? Yeah, so the first thing is it's a free app. Again, if we go back to our vision, it's to getting culture in the hands of as many people as possible and putting the world, putting other people in control of driving it. The first thing is the app is free. You can download it. You literally search for any country in the world you want. Uh, we've got over, uh, we've got about 80 countries on the app, about 80% of the world's travelers. Yeah. So every country in Europe, pretty much every country in Asia, and the top 10 outside of that. What was interesting today was we spent three years building up all the content ourselves for, for Culture Me, but then, you know, in, in the last year, we came to the realization that actually what we need to do is open source culture. We need to turn turn the pyramid around and actually let everyone else share their own stories. As much as Dean and myself think we know a lot about culture, we, uh, we wanted to open it up. So if you download the app, you can go into our video section and upload your own videos, share your own stories. About yeah, your and own we, break up, we break up the video platform um, so it's local versus non-locals. So obviously a local person, person's take on their culture is very different to a non-locals. And we want to open that up and have people play with it and have fun with it and ultimately embrace both sides of that cultural spectrum, I suppose. So, so if you think if you're coming to Ireland, then you might pick up, a, let's say, a local video by somebody from Ireland who will say Irish people are good fun, we're good crack, and we enjoy going to the pub. Uh, but then you might see a video from a non-local, let's say somebody from Germany, saying, yes, Irish people are good fun, but uh, they, they're very indirect and they talk about the weather too much. You know, I mean, that's culture. You're seeing it from both angles. So in terms of the user experience, it's really simple. You just search for a country and then you get straight away access to the culture videos, the culture advice and tips, the comparative culture as well if you want, and yeah, um, travel advice. Yeah, we, yeah we're just going to say we provide the travel advice as well, like the, the most knows, like the visas, the vaccinations, the plugs, all that, that, all that kind of stuff as well that's really helpful when you're traveling. Huh. No, that's good because I was just about to ask you, you know, and play devil's advocate here. Because some people might say, well, are you just going to limit my country to your observations? You know, there, there's nuance and there's diversity within that. But you're saying that there are opportunities for locals to express themselves and tell you what to expect. So it's not just uh, one size fits all. The thing is, in a way, we kind of see culture as a way of getting people curious about culture. And of course, if they want to go deeper, they can visit the country, talk to locals. But that's why we're the video platform, because as much as Dee and I know, we only know a small part of the culture. You can never boil it down to a few lines. And that's why we've got the culture videos, so that people share their own stories, to put the power in, into other people's hands and build a community around that. And that's really what, where we see this going. We really, really want to put the power back in everybody else's hands so that they can share their own experiences on culture. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Okay, so no, this this is good, and the reason why I'm, you know, I'm all anybody that listens to the podcast or understands what what my passion is 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 truly helping people connect effectively across cultures, and this is an absolute gem of a tool to do that, just in the Thanks essence of expanding your your knowledge base, but also getting you more curious, as you, as you said. It's it's always interesting though for me with today's time, what when we see interesting things happen on on geopolitical levels. I'm always curious um, into about the mindset of entrepreneurs like yourself who are creating problems to bridge, you know, different barriers. How do you take in all the information that you see every day, whether it's from, you know, the U.S. or England or the King, United Kingdom or Asia, countries in Asia or countries in in Africa or any or any other country? How do you take in that information and how does that inspire you to continue the work you do, if it does? Oh God, 100% it does, Teo. We've never had more energy getting up out of the bed every morning, 
working on a vision to try and in our small way that we can try and change the world for the better, exactly the same as you do it in a different way, but with the same end goal. You know, we're trying to break down the barriers between people. And what you see is at the moment, there's definitely a battle of ideas going on where some people feel the way to success is to close up the barriers, to close ourselves inwards, to look inwards. But there's also those people that say, actually, it's not about that. It's about opening our hearts, opening our minds, and opening up those barriers. And we feel that's where the world is going to go longer term. We're hitting some turbulence right now, it's <laughs> fair to say, but definitely that is where the world is, is going to go because we've achieved too much up to now to throw it all away. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I share the optimism. It's always interesting. People always are always surprised when I, I tell them that I'm optimistic about the future because I'm like, I, I always say this is a good chance for humanity to look at themselves through the, you know, the mirror and see where we can go and where we want to go because not all these things are in the light. It's up to us to really do our best to address the biases we have. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Through, um, you know, uncomfortable thoughts you might have and then work with each other to make sure we have a, a more, you know, unified world and yeah. embrace different ideas. Ultimately, it makes us better people. It makes us more empathetic, and that can only be a good thing. So, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And what we're all, and what you're trying to do, what we're trying to do, it's all trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Also, congrats, by the way, for getting nominated for the National Startup Awards in, Thank in you, Ireland. No, the one thing I would say, trying to speak to all of your listeners. Is you know they they share the same vision I'm sure, but if they just simply ask themselves how many even if they don't travel how many cultures they meet every month you know you go into your local Walmart you'll meet ten different cultures in ten minutes so there's such an opportunity to understand the people around us because you really are fifty percent your personality and fifty percent your culture I think lots of us understand our personality how many of us understand our culture and the cultures around us as well so that's kind of another angle as well to think about. No, that's that's good. I, I do I do a signature speech called how to effectively connect across cultures. And one of the things that I always say for people to do is to understand the environments they're in. And I always ask the audience how how aware of the cultures around them are there. You know, are they? You know, do they know how the same set of rules affect different sets of people, or do they know who consists and uh, makes up the demographic? And if so, what have they done to to ingratiate themselves in that community? Because um, it, it oftentimes starts in, the, in our own backyards, and we have a sphere of influence. We have kids, we have brothers, we have uh, you know mothers, fathers who are watching. And the way you interact or choose not to interact is often 
a big influence in how they grow up. Completely, you're speaking. You're speaking to our hearts, Theo. It's a great, uh, it's a great quote by a guy called Derek Sivers. You'll have heard it before, but it's called. It's very simple. A fish doesn't know it's in water, and you, when you're talking to your audience, it's just the same. I mean, do they realize the water that's around them? Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's let's stay there. You have a daughter, right? Both of you have a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> How old is your daughter? She is twenty-one months. Twenty-one months. Okay, so so. I'm guessing she's just uttering her first few words now. Uh, a lot of words. <laughs> uh, a lot of words, but that's good. Yeah, How how intentional and what things are you start starting to work on to to help her uh, with cultural competency? I mean, John, you speak what six languages, so I'm sure that's one of the things. But what things are you doing to make sure that she's you know aware? When people talk to us, um, there's, there's, uh, people are really interested in the culture of me and the idea and our vision. But you know what's funny, Teo and I'll tell you, that people are just as interested in Rosa. I mean, by the time she was 17 months old, having been to it, she was in 23 countries. So she's a, a pretty good passport already. So Yeah, and I, actually she spent her first birthday living in Thailand. And one of the first, I suppose, one of the first greetings she learned to do was Saudi Ka, which is the Thai greeting, um, and which has melted our hearts because it's so important to start early. And even though I know she won't remember those six months living in Asia, she's definitely been very, very influenced by it. She's such a kind soul. I mean, living amongst Thai people for six six months, they're just the loveliest, kindest people. And it's definitely influenced her from that perspective. Um, but yeah, as Joan was saying, we're... Yeah, so I, I think that's the biggest thing, is that the, the funny thing is, I was reading recently that, you know, you don't, um, you don't create long-term memories until you're two years of age. So really, Rosa won't have any long-term memories of this period, but I'm 100% confident it's going to be deeply welded into her subconsciousness, into her character, into who she is. Because getting experience to these different cultures, it just you can see how much it's made her open to other people, made her open to change, made her open to new ideas. Um, and it's really, I really do feel it's accelerated her development. She's, she's going great now, and it's been a really important character-building process for her. Yeah, no, no, I love it. And starting young is, is, is so key, especially because, you know, a lot of times these are where the biases are formed. And when they formed, uh, it's hard to break that cycle once you start to get older. And uh, it sounds like you're creating an, an environment of exploration, which is so oh, key. We're trying so, our best anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, good. Uh, good. I'm glad that you say you're trying our best because no one's perfect. And in the spirit of trying your best, can you both share moments where you, you recognized there was something you needed to work through, whether it was a bias or negative experience about a different country or different uh, culture, and how that, you know, ultimately helped you grow. Um, I suppose for me, I would have to say uh, living in the Netherlands was probably the biggest kind of the culture shock, I suppose, that I, I've ever had. I've traveled to 70 countries. Um, I would like to say I'm very open-minded. But when I did move to Amsterdam, I was quite surprised by, um, I probably, I've alluded to this earlier, but the, the Dutch directness. Um, and honestly, initially, you can think it's quite rude. You think, okay, these, these people are quite rude. But actually, when you get to know them, they, they're just very honest. Um, I appreciate directness now. I've definitely moved away from the Netherlands, been a lot more direct myself, actually. As an Irish person, we're quite indirect. Um, and it's something I actually ultimately embraced because I would say now I'm definitely more direct but initially I <laughs> I have to say I struggled a little bit with it but I, I've embraced it since. I'm, I'm going to be very simple uh, to, uh, my example is uh, uh, basically uh, chopsticks in, in the likes of for example Japan 
Um, I've tried to master it. I've never managed to do it. I'm a disaster. He can't. He's an absolute disaster. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do, honestly. Awesome. What to do? Oh, to do. man. I'm a master Japanese dining at ease. So, so I, I, John, I don't feel alone anymore because I, I love... <laughs> I love I love Japanese food and I love Asian food in general. But um, I always do this thing where I go to the restaurant and everybody already has their chopsticks, and I'll like whisper to the waiter, waiter or waitress, I'm like, "Can you give me a fork?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody always looks at me like, "Oh." Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, look, I hope we get a chance to meet some such. Say, I'll take it to a Japanese restaurant and we'll we'll have non chopstick uh, Japanese food, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know. That's my goal. That's just one of my goals, actually. I need to get better at that. But yes, I'm glad that we we met, John. John, you're not alone. <laughs> um, no, this is this is good. I I love this so much. Um, and okay, so obviously we talked about the the importance of this, why this platform exists, and why you created it on what your hopes are for your for your daughter Rosa. I'm curious about now the other aspect of why people listen to the podcast, which is the business element of this, you know, how did you go about creating a business and forming partnerships to make sure that you have income coming into it? Because creating a business is, you know, entrepreneurship, it's a, it's a sexy word now, but the mechanics of entrepreneurship is something that I feel like a lot of people are still curious by. So, you know, yeah, walk, walk us through what you did to ensure that you have cash flow and to ensure that your idea was viable and to ensure that you had the right partner. That's a very, very good question. So if you look at us, uh, Tayo, the big bet we've made in terms of the business and the business model, is it's all about the content. Um, we knew when we did the research three years ago there was a need for this. We knew it from our gut instinct. We knew it from surveys we did and from external research. Then it was a case of spending basically three years building the content because, for example, for the comparator culture data, that's, that's data we already had. We just had to retweet the content. But for the more general culture content that we had there, that was a painstaking process of basically talking and finding out people from different cultures, doing thousands of structured and structured interviews. So that took a, a huge amount of time. We financed that through our own savings and through selling our apartment in Amsterdam um, last September. And, and that really helped us build the app that helped us bootstrap ourselves further and help us uh, build the content, for example. Um, and if we look at what we've done since we came back from Asia, having done pretty much the content now for, uh, for about 80 countries, we then decided, okay, the next step is to talk to the travel industry leaders. We've done that in the last three months, attending all the, the, the major travel industry events uh, in Berlin, in Amsterdam, in London, all over Europe, basically. And it was there at those events, we just got the, the huge eureka moments that really there's this huge gap in the travel industry and people really want our content. So if we look at the business models of where we're at now, we have our existing partnership with Hosted Insights. So if somebody downloads the, uh, the Culture Me app, let's say they want to speak to a culture consultant, we can put them in touch with a global network and we get commissions from that. Uh, but the other ways we're looking to generate uh, revenue at the moment is very, very simple. So we're in the process now of building an explore button, a very simple idea where somebody goes into the app, they literally, first of all, say what kind of culture they want to go to. They want to go to a similar culture or a very different culture. Um, we then ask them what kind of trip do you want to go on? Is it an adventure trip or is it a relaxing trip or whatnot? We then ask them what kind of personality are you? Are you like an extrovert, introvert, or maybe you don't want to answer it? And then we'll give them basically suggestions of which countries they should travel to. And at the end of that process, we'll then say, well, look, if you want to book your Airbnb, click here. If you want to book your Skyscanner, click here. If you want to book your local tour guide, uh, click here. So we're already in the process and advanced discussions with a number of the bigger travel players to do exactly that. That will allow us to basically generate revenue from the model. And I think by doing that, 
we're changing, kind of turning it on the head a little bit, how people get motivated or get inspired about where they're going to travel. So if you think about yourself, Teo, how you decide to travel now, you probably talk to your friends, you check on social media, you go to magazines, for example. We want to turn it around in this head. And in the future, get people to first ask, what kind of culture do they want to go to? Maybe they want to go to a similar culture or a very different culture. And that will allow us to generate revenue um, and, uh, and help us build some scale. Yeah, and it has kind of turned in its head a lot because as a result of going to all these conferences, the big theme or the big takeaway that we found was that it's all about experience and what do people want to experience and how to enhance the experience. Um, and by building in this explore button that we're doing right now, it will be able to put the, put, it, put the option back within the user. Oh, well, actually, I'd like uh, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But there's all these different variables and put you back in the driver's seat deciding what ultimately culture you want to mix with and where you want to go. Yeah. No, and uh, ladies and gentlemen listening, nomads listening, entrepreneurs listening, I want you to listen to what, you know, D and John just said. They listened, essentially, you know, went to all these conferences to actively listen, listen to understand, listen to evaluate, and, you know, listen to to make sure that they, you know, they they were learning from the needs of the, the their core audience. And then they went about thinking like their core audience, what type of experiences they have, whether it's the explore pattern that they, their explore button that they're creating, it's understanding, okay, so something that fits my personality, but also how can I have a living situation that helps, you know, you know, that I can go to when I get there. And that, that you know, factoring this, the, the safety and also the mindset of the people that they're serving is so key for any business that you want to launch. Because if you're able to give the, ex- the user the experience that they would love to have and also make sure that it's, uh, you know, you, you strip away some of the concerns that they might have, then you have what you call, you know, your customer lifetime valuation, which is a long time. So I um, appreciate you walking us through that. that that's, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. It's always good to know that it does take that, you know, you know painstaking hard work to, to, you know, to do what you do, but that dedication is ultimately what uh, the and foundation is built on. You've hit the nail on the head. For us, that's a big thing is really listening to your customers, seeing how they use the app, what they like, what don't they like, even talking to people who don't download it. And that's a continuous iteration. And we're, we've a lot done and a hell of a lot more yeah. to continue to do, but it's yeah. so crucial. And I was just going to say, like, we're very, very early doors, I suppose you could say, because the app as it is, we absolutely love it, but there's just so much more that we're hoping to do over the next coming six to 12 months. So it's, it's, it's always a working pro- in process. You, yeah. you can't just go, right, that's it, it's done, it's perfect. It's, we're always coming up with new ideas. We're always trying to make it better. We're always trying to enhance the user experience. So, um, yeah, I suppose that's important to say as well. It, it, nothing stands still. Yeah. Entrepreneur is a very busy road, always changing. No, but that's good because th- that shows that you can start. A lot of times I think they say complexity is the enemy of uh, execution. And so you started and you're evolving as, as, as you grow. But the other smart thing both of you have done is, is partnerships. It, th- that is... Yeah. A very big deal, even with your um, explore option here, you're going to partner with, with several companies that already do these things, and you know you 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 know you get a, a cut of that uh, agencies and different things like that. But understanding the partners that this tool will be good for is is a key business um, skill to have. You know whatever you whatever you're launching, how does your uh, your solution work with other solutions within that life cycle, and how can you be of value and, and ways to identify those. Or things I'm fascinated by. How did you reach out to those partners? Did you say, "Hey, this is what I'm doing, and I need to talk to the CEO," <laughs> or did you work your way from the bottom up? 
Well, what we found worked very well for us was we went to um, all these main travel conferences in Europe, as John just said. We went to Skift, we went to the Focus Right, we went to Eye for Travel. Um, and even though these, these um, conferences are very expensive to attend, you, you actually get access to all of these wonderful companies and all of their, all of their, top, their top management. And they've got these wonderful facilities in place where you can just, you can, you can meet online, you can say, right, you want to meet for coffee? And then you talk. And it's, it's an open discussion place for people to meet and do business. And for us, attending those conferences was an, abs an absolute game changer, to be honest. And that's, the funny thing is, going to these conferences, what's really interesting is that uh, startups typically look at the price of these conferences at maybe 1,000 or 2,000 euros, and they say, oh my God, that's too expensive, I'm not going to go. But that's precisely the point. It filters out all the crap, and it means <laughs> that you actually have only people that are really dedicated to it. And what you find, actually, is at these conferences, and it can apply for any industry, at these conferences, you'll find very few of any other startups there. So you really stand out. And what helped Dean and myself is we're doing it, you know, we're doing it as a husband and wife team. So it's always memorable. People remember you. Uh, but really going to the conferences, meeting these people face-to-face -face is so much yeah. easier than trying to get in the door by emails or phone calls or whatever it is. And especially a lot of them are, like, very corporate. So to get down, to get to the level that you need to speak to, could take a six, could take you six months to get even, even to the right person. But by going to these conferences, we immediately... Um, removed all of that and got access to the people who were who were there to make decisions and see if you were potentially a good fit. So for us, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. Wow, wow. Going where they are, going where the decision makers are and yeah, positioning okay. yourself. Wow, that's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Yeah, no, I love this. This is this is this is my favorite type of podcast where you know we we get inside the minds of, of the creators, but also uh, dig into the purpose. And I feel like we've done that uh, today with today's interview. So I'm very, very uh, glad that you all are doing what you're doing. It's very important. It's necessary. Uh, but it's it's even more inspiring to see that this is something you both live personally as well as professionally. 100%. 100%. And we love every bit of it. We're the strongest team because we're married. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's great 99% of the time. Let's yeah, that yeah, yeah. It, can, it can be tough. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's full on. It's, uh, it's absolutely full on. Uh, there's times where you, you just have to give 100%. But actually, funnily, doing it as a husband and wife team makes you appreciate the, 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 the downtime even more. It makes you really value the family time because clearly that's a long-term goal. As hard as it's working now, long-term, you know, the, the family has to come first. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's how it's got to be. Uh, uh, but where we're at, we're, we're yeah. throwing everything And, and obviously, this, this, as any entrepreneur would say, there's no such thing as 9 to 5. I mean, this is seven days a week. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to switch off. Um, but saying that, at least when we're doing it together, I know if John's working, I know what he's working on. I'm, I can come in and, you know, we, we can talk about it. And so it's, I suppose to any other married couples out there thinking about dabbling, oh, should we or shouldn't we? If it's, if it's your passion, um, just give it a couple of months working together, see how it works. Um, for us, it's worked out brilliant. We absolutely love working together. And now I know it's not for every married couple, but for those out there going wondering should we or shouldn't we just just try it for a couple of months you'd be surprised how well you got on yeah yeah no well you just answered the question i was going to ask you know because that's one of the things people always say don't work with your spouse <laughs> never do it if you want to save your marriage never you know? I was like, <laughs> and so your, your vote saying you know that it just depends but it's something you should still at least try so i love i love that the thing is too honestly is i would say we both evolved our styles as you've gone along we've learned from each other you know, uh, I would say uh, Dee is very much the, the visionary. She's very much the, the big ideas person. She's the creative side. Um, she's the strategist. I'm more the tactical side. I'm more the organizer. I'm 
you know, more some of the technical elements, deep diving it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so you know, initially we had maybe a slight clash of styles and we had to adjust that over time. But that's the most important thing is we, we did that. We did it really well. So now we work very, very comfortably. Yeah. And it, it does take a while to kind of find your feet going, okay, what are you good at and what am I good at? And how do we merge those together to, yeah. you know, make the strongest possible team? So, I mean, it, it was a work in progress. But saying that, it, it, did, it did happen quite easily for us. So I suppose I took it as a sign that we were meant to do this together as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, I want to thank you both for coming on the show. But before we go, please tell us where we can find out more about Culture Me and how people can become a members. Yeah, well, it's as John said, it's a free app. It's on the Android store and it's on the iOS store. So you can go directly to your phones right now and download it. It's Culture Me with two E's. So um, for people who don't know, it's a pun on my name. I'm obviously Dealey. So it's a pun on my name, Culture Me, two E's. So C-U-L-T-U-R-E-M-E-E. And if you want to, you can also go to cultureme.com, our website, where we've got also uh, some of our culture videos there. We've got a little blog there going as well. So uh, feel free, and, and by all means, feel free to contact us directly. You've got dealcultureme.com. Okay, Delight to help any of your listeners, any of your community. And uh, thanks to everyone who's uh, listened so far. Yeah, no problem at all. I'm, I'm going to put that in the show notes, cultureme.com. That's me, two E's. And yeah. I, you can download that on Android as well as iPhone. I have an iPhone, so uh, I use it. And I was learning about India the other day, uh, just because I have I have an Indian, uh, I have a few Indian friends, and I was very curious. It's also a country I've been fascinated by for a oh, long time. It's so a wonderful country to visit. I I've been twice. I just love India. And actually, uh, in, in, India, honestly, yeah, Tyre, India has my favorite rules of the road section. It's kind of a hidden wow. culture. In the, it's in the travel section, and let me let me just see if I have it here in two seconds. So the rules of the road in uh, in India. So what do we say? In India, you don't drive on the left of the road. You drive on what is left on the road. <laughs> <laughs> that is very much like Nigeria. In oh, some... love it. Love it. Yeah. You see yourself when you get there. Oh, it's uh, absolutely. Man. Oh, my goodness. I love this. I love this. Well, um, this is the final question I ask all my guests, and it's my mission statement. This is my, uh, you know, raison, raison d'etre. Uh, and it's use your difference to make a difference. So... How do you both use your difference to make a difference? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, God. Well, for me, uh, the, way, the way I do it, uh, Tao, is I, I really embrace difference. I embrace other perspectives. I embrace other people so much so that it's my, it's my life's passion to share the beauty of difference and other cultures and other people and, and trying to put people really the driving seat of, of helping to share their stories and share that difference that they have. I think if we can do that, we really can break down those barriers between people and we really can make the world a better place. 100%. I, I totally agree. Completely agree. Uh, and what about you, Dee? Oh, wow, it's hard, to, it's hard to come on the back of that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, of course, I echo what John says. Um, wow. I suppose we're both doing this. We've given, we've given up our very, very good careers to do something completely unknown, but that we know in, the, in our hearts and our souls is making the world a better place. And as John says, embracing those differences, letting everyone know it's great to be different, embrace it and make this world a better place. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do. As I said, it's very early days, um, but we absolutely love this. We love culture and spread and spreading the beauty of, of other cultures. So um, yeah, I suppose that's trying to make our, our own little difference in, in this big wide world. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that, that's that's how D and John use their difference to make a difference, and 
Can't wait to get this episode out. This episode is going to be out very, very soon. And I really, really want to reiterate the importance of the work you're doing. We live in a very critical uh, time in history, critical juncture of our lives, where there are many people who are eager to find ways to connect. And sometimes some people have adopted to go on the negative end of the spectrum and, and uh, blame a group of people. And some people are generally confused as to who, you know who they can trust and Platforms like yours help to humanize people, help to remind us of, of, of our, our better selves and, and um, also grow our curiosity muscles. So I really, really appreciate the work you've done. And I can't thank you enough for what you're doing in, t- in today's uh, landscape. So it's been wonderful to um, be interviewed by you. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was a real pleasure. Pleasure is mine. And ladies and gentlemen, until next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 